0: This is the DLR cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. All right, you're here with the DLR cast. I'm Steve, along with my good friend Darren. Hi, Darren.
1: Hey, Steve. Not a great day in Van Halen uh, land,
0: but no, it's uh, with. Yeah, with he- it's with heavy hearts we uh do this episode tonight. If you're listening to this podcast, you already knew- know the news, the terrible news. Eddie Van Halen died today at the age of 65. Um long arduous battle with cancer uh culminated in him dying today. Um and that's partially a quote from Wolfgang Van Halen's uh Uh, social media today, and man, where do you begin? I mean, uh, you know, we do this, this is uh, the, we say it's the only, as far as we know, the only podcast dedicated to David Lee Roth, and as (laughs) we're pretty sure on that, but let's face it, I mean, um, they're totally intertwined, and this podcast wouldn't exist with, just like it wouldn't exist without Dave, well, it certainly wouldn't exist without Eddie.
1: Yeah, Dave and Eddie, Mick and Keith, Steve Tyler, and Joe Perry, there's certain combinations like that where the solo catalog is not as great as the two guys being together, and Dave and Eddie are that, were that you can say the same Sam and Eddie as well.
0: Yeah, I mean we we've posited with you know our different guests that we've had that I mean Van Halen wouldn't be where they are today without uh, David Lee Roth, and I totally believe that from a musical standpoint, probably from a size and influence standpoint as far as a band, but I, you know at least for the music as it stands i mean eddie's talent though would have got him somewhere somehow some way if you know if even if not in the same route and he would have i would i would venture to to wager that he would probably be as influential regardless i mean you cannot overstate uh his influence and impact and i was thinking today i mean if you look you know they blew up in 77 78 right 78 and i mean as, if you look at probably the last 50 years of rock guitar, I would say he was probably the most the most influential guitarist as far as the number of people he influenced to buy guitars. I mean, especially as far as the sheer number of people, because they really blew up and accelerated along with the rise of MTV. So yeah. he was in front of everybody. And then you forget how many people you know heard him on other music, obviously, like Michael Jackson beat it and the, the Sammy Hagar years. I mean... You know, did Keith influence that many people to pick up a guitar? Did Jimmy Page, maybe Hendrix? But I mean, without a doubt, probably the most, as far as hard rock guitar, there's nobody been more influential. Not Tony Iommi, not anybody. And, um, you know, I I stand by that.
1: 100% agreed. Something to really think about. This occurred to me a little bit ago. When you think about the success of Ann Halen, there were hits in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. If you want to negotiate, you could say the the two thousands and the twenty tens. I'm sure that you can find some charts where the Sammy Hagar songs on the best of both worlds greatest hits comp maybe chart sure. here, and then maybe a different kind of truth. That was that was a top five album. I'm assuming on the Billboard.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: So if you want to say the hits came into the two thousands and the twenty tens. You can argue that, but you can't argue the hits in seventies, eighties, and nineties. I love Jimmy Page, but the eighties yeah. and nineties output—let's be and,
0: honest. Yeah, and ongoing. I mean, sure. And 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 hey, listen. It's how do you how do you? There's I don't think how how would you top a career? You know the way it ended in 1984? for uh, how would you top that kind of output? You couldn't, right? Um, but you know it was. Today, of course, I mean, just the tributes have been huge. You name the rock guitarist, the rock artist, uh, leaving tributes on uh, Twitter and social media. I mean, uh, and of course, I was looking today. Dave did post a, o- only about an hour ago, and this is uh, nine o'clock central time, uh, a, a picture that I'd seen before on the on on uh, various websites, it's uh Dave and Eddie backstage on the on the uh, 2007 tour. They're holding hands, and all Dave wrote was, "This is on this is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram." What a long, great trip it's been. um I'm sure he's you know devastated. I wonder. Yeah, I was thinking to him, and I wonder how he got the news. As Alex called, I mean, I hate to think that he heard it through management or just was heard on social media i mean dave's been active on social media just yesterday he posted another hashtag soggy bottom uh bizarre illustration that leaves you scratching your head a bit yeah. and <laughs> but you know just kind of going through i mean sammy hagar five hours ago heartbroken and speechless my love to the family tony iomi wrote some great things lenny kravitz ozzy Osbourne, paul stanley billy idol uh, you know, Flea, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, Metallica, Geezer Butler, just on and on and on and on. If if if, uh, if there was a hard rock guy from you know within the f- last forty years who who uh, who uh, within reach of uh, social media and their phone, they've posted and and deservedly so.
1: Yeah, uh, when you think about the reach of Eddie Van Halen, it goes far beyond music. That great scene in Back to the Future where they go back to the 1950s and they're trying to get Loretta to do the thing where Michael J. Fox is wearing that yellow space suit and he puts the headphones on his ears and the tape says E. Van Halen. And it's not, as far as I know, Eddie Van Halen's playing, but it sounds like Van Halen. There's that, there's Thriller, as you mentioned, the song Beat It, which you still hear, you know, every oh or, yeah. Or, I mean, pre-COVID, of course. Who would right. replaying playing at bars in a year from now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: But exactly.
1: These things that he did outside of Van Halen, or he impacted with Van Halen. Um, uh, you know, my wife and I discovered this random sitcom that the Zappa kids had in the early 90s. Do you know what I'm talking about? No,
0: but only you could find this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was interviewing Ahmed Zappa, so I was doing some research, and there was this Dweezil Zappa sitcom in the early 90s. And the whole premise of this episode that I watched was his mom was sneaking backstage to try and meet Eddie Van Halen to give him his demo tape, uh, Dweezil as the actor's demo tape, to find out whether or not he was any good. Like, Eddie Van Halen is the premise of that episode. Um, He was the subject of a Two and a Half Men episode. I think that was...
0: I remember that.
1: Yeah. I mean he did a lot more than music and he impacted a lot more than just MTV and classic rock radio to say the least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, some great tributes. I saw one, uh, just saw one now. Um, uh, the guy who replaced Eddie staged left from Dave, Steve Vai, wrote, Feeling deep sadness and overwhelming appreciation. The appreciation and love for him is bigger, though. Let's take a minute and try to imagine our world if he never showed up. It's unthinkable. Thank you, King Edward. You are deeply loved and will be missed. I mean, just I was singing today, I mean, next to Rick Nielsen, he's probably the guitar player I've listened to the most since I, you know, first got a stereo and, and, and discovered uh, Van Halen 1. I mean, mm-hmm. just... Uh, just uh, I'm sad saddened. I'm heartbroken and and I was thinking also too as far as the legacy and the work I mean uh you know certainly the last well he was they were you know there was a lot of there was activity from for about 10 years or so right from 2007 onwards you know with the reformation but yeah. I mean battling a lot of per- demons and he was sober for a long time thanks to his wife Janie and uh from what i've read and but cancer just i mean this this has been going on for five or six years now i guess i remember there was some there was some was it earlier this year or late last year i think it was there was a lot of stuff on the news that he was going to germany for treatments and i was thinking today i'm a little surprised the news came out today given how tight-lipped the van halen camp can be i mean You know, you only got little bits and pieces of what was going on. Sometimes, via Dave. Remember, it was about three or four months ago when Dave said, "Yeah, the touring days of Van Halen are over." It might have been actually, may have been a little bit further that when he was going out. Sometime this year, I remember Dave made that quote, and 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 I remember Wolf posted something that he was like, "You know, uh, that's not true." And unfortunately, it uh, it is true.
1: Yeah, to say the least, it is a shock. It's a shame. The way that the Van Halen camp was the last decade, you didn't know if tomorrow you were going to hear about a tour, an album, or nothing. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of admirable that they've been able to maintain that mystique. To you and me and other people who are diehards, it's also torture because we know there's such genius involved. We want to hear anything They've got, like, the worst Van Halen leftover, the worst Van Halen alternative version or mix is still going to be so much more interesting that's going to come out than whatever's going to come out from so many of their peers on classic rock radio. Like, if you go, hey, an unreleased Moody Blues album, you'd go, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's, yeah.
0: I mean, just, I mean, certainly... They're a band whose size and 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 influence legacy. I mean, you didn't necessarily need uh, um, I, I, the way they kept things in house so in house. I mean, just if you go to the Van Halen official website right now, the last post July tenth, twenty fifteen. What? I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, Stuart Fine. Van Halen. Yeah, Here. it's about it's about the minions uh, from uh, you know. Uh, the Despicables. Despicable what is Despicable Me? right? The Minions? And then uh new new remasters on sale now. Uh when they re release the uh the classic six albums remastered on C D and hundred and eighty gram vinyl. So um yeah. I mean, wow. you know, but never I mean yeah that always surprised me it was just so tough to get any sort of news of what was going on with them and on the one hand I kind of like that mystique like we talked about before it's like all of a sudden there's some rehearsal footage you know leaks on youtube it's like well shit the rumors are true they're reuniting then all of a sudden you know the rumors are true that you know a couple of years later they well, 5 years later they got an album coming out with a different kind of truth in 2012 and i mean no doubt the health issues and different things like that. And certainly a uh, revolving so, slowly revolving door lead singers, as far as a number of years that went by, you yeah. know, precluded new music and a lot of activity. And I think that was probably more to different health issues and Eddie not being sober. And Alex, certainly, I mean, I think he had massive backs problems and, and, yeah, you know, you know, Eddie, hard. Eddie had a hip replacement. These guys yeah. just were not healthy. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, what might have been, you know, and, 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 uh, but then I also, you know, I also got the, got the kind of feeling, and this is just personal feeling, anecdotal. I mean, how are we supposed to really know? But I just got the impression that the last 10, you know, Eddie was doing everything that he wanted to do. And if that meant not playing and playing golf with George Lopez, you know, uh, God bless him. He deserved it, right? I mean, do whatever the hell you want. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and enjoy your life. Unfortunately, uh, you know, leaving, uh, far too soon at only the age of 65.
1: Did you ever watch I'm putting you on the spot here. Did you ever watch the Smithsonian talk that Eddie did maybe 2014,
0: 2015? Yes. Yeah. We talked about being an immigrant and he played a little guitar. Yes. That was just I, I would have loved to have seen three hours of that sort of thing, you know. So
1: something that occurred to me in the middle of that is that's the most words I've ever heard him talk in a short, uh, short amount of time or also. Oh, that's what his voice sounds like. There's some people that, you know, you know every guitar lick or whatever, and what does their voice sound like? And then you realize, wow, he really did keep a close guard on everything for decades, which goes back to that mystique thing. What, what did what did Eddie Van Halen eat for breakfast or lunch? We don't know. We know what Kim Kardashian did. We might know what uh, Steven Tyler did. <laughs> but- right. What did we really know about Eddie Van Halen besides his playing, who he was married to, his kid, where he grew up, his family?
0: Dutch, Dutch immigrant, yeah.
1: We really knew very little about that guy. And that's actually so intriguing, makes you wonder if there'll eventually be a great biography on him written by somebody else who gets the public records or something.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, we got certainly got a lot of insight. With uh, our uh, our uh, recent guest from a few episodes ago, Greg Renoff and his book Van Halen Rising, and then Noel Monk's book certainly gave a lot of insight. And in, and I know there's some other smaller books out there, but you know, this is a band that, as big as they were, there's never been that all-encompassing documentary. I mean, I, was there even a behind the music? I don't remember. There, I, but even even that was probably the you know the general behind the music, uh, you know, sugarcoat a few things, story arc. Yeah, I mean, those things all had the same three-act formula, you know? So beginning, falling apart, redemption, you know? So,
1: I don't think they even had one of those Legends biographies on VH1 that they used to have for The Doors and Aerosmith and John Lennon and all that. I guess Van Halen might have been too new of a band to be classic rock, circa 96 to 2000 when VH1 was still rock-centric in a way. Mm so possibly they were the the youngest old band i guess you could call it yeah yeah you
0: know it it, it was interesting too i was thinking i was thinking also from a music level and musical level and certainly some of our guests have talked about this who do play guitar i mean you he really is uh am i getting my my lingo right here inimitable right i mean uh is is that the right word i mean you could you could you know there was Nettie van halen amp and guitar and but unless it was in his hands i mean and as great as and i you know we could just steve i john five brian young right i mean you know uh, dave had a tap a uh, you know an atomic punk uh uh tribute band guy right for a, a solo yeah. band a few times uh as good as that guy I was with him today uh with him in the in today's band or earlier this year's band when he was on the road with kiss i mean nobody could really you could even get the same number of notes down but it was never you could not imitate that guy not you know what i mean it was just in in his hands it was just always something different And, and and i've read a lot of interviews with different guitarists and even with eddie as well and 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 that really that's the mark of a great guitar player where you can have everything the same but until it's those hands around it and what they're doing with it um you know you can't you you can't do a carbon copy
1: i'm gonna add to that even if you got the notes, they didn't sound exactly the same. Plus, there wasn't that big smile that Eddie always had. And the cool-looking uh, poses and moves Yeah, didn't have horrible guitar face. You know how every time right. John Mayer is doing a band, he <laughs> <laughs> well, that guitar face? <laughs> you know, that's the
0: other thing. Even before MTV broke big, you know, when I was buying – uh, Hit parade or in Circus magazine, and yeah. and 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 much later when you see all the footage of on YouTube, I mean, man, he was just a—he never stood in one place. He was leaping as much as Dave. I mean, he—it he, it was like pure joy on that guy's face when he was playing live. I mean, regardless of who the lead singer was, and and. And he was just fun to watch, man. The twirls and the tapping, and and I mean, it was reckless abandon, but it was a controlled fury too, because there was never a note out of place. You know, I mean, the riffs are insane, the soloing fast, is, but so goddamn melodic. And you know, it's 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 so still so much fun to watch. And there's still nobody, uh, nobody, at least from a you know stage presence standpoint, can match that. I mean, maybe the closest might may have been you know just a few big guys like you know steve i has got a great stage presence we saw that when he was yeah. out with dave i mean he was all over the stage angus young of course that's a massive stage presence right i mean you, you know he's i mean that's his whole role up there uh next to playing amazing guitar of course and it's funny too because on that note um you know acdc uh tomorrow wednesday they have a new single breaking and a new album coming and when i started catching wind on that about two weeks ago uh i li- i was think i remember distinctly thinking it's like all right well fall christmas season's coming how cool would it be if all of a sudden there was new van halen music i mean because i was just thinking of the ones that you haven't heard from in a while as far as new music i mean kiss we knew isn't going to do anything that's that's given they said that's they said sonic boom's probably gonna be the last album nothing's there you know it was great to hear a new ace solo record come out a couple yeah. weeks ago which i really dig but i mean as far as like big guys Giants you know what I mean it's it's black Sabbath is done uh
1: you Excuse know not at that level even though their new albums are pretty great the last five years oh, or so
0: I'm, I'm a huge fan I'm biased nowhere near that level no you know okay We're we are ain uh, we'll get anywhere near that attention uh, side right, note sorry. they do have an album side note they do have an album completely done and in the can and hopefully it's going to come out supposed to come out last summer who the hell knows so but there but is one done
1: no Aerosmith <laughs> record uh nope no Pink Floyd record, although we'll get probably three more recordings of The Wall issued by <laughs> uh, Zeppelin. Yeah, they, well, there's they, no
0: Zeppelin left. I mean, that was never going to happen. As soon as
1: threatened, but
0: <laughs> what's that?
1: They threatened that, but I mean, we're getting a new McCartney album, but that's not on the same level. No,
0: I'm talking hard rock, though. You know, I mean, it's like just impactful hard rock. I mean. Um, i mean in my when i was first when i was buying hip parader and circus and all that and mtv was blowing up in like the mid 80s i mean i was totally into hair metal i dug all that stuff yeah but but van halen was always like for me they were they they were like demigods they were bigger than all of that they certainly i mean for all the so many people try to imitate eddie and or try to imitate that sound or imitate dave and they to me they were never hair metal. They were never, you know, only a fool I think labels them as hair metal. And and there was a reason why they didn't get lumped in with that, even though they were, uh, they were, you know, I mean, by the time hair metal really took off, they were a couple albums already in, but yeah. they were just bigger and better than everyone else. I mean, by far.
1: No, no one can argue that. If they try and argue it, they're just wrong. I know, yeah, it's a movie, but. They're wrong. And I, I have to add another thing about Eddie that people are not really going to talk about as one of their first six points about him. But how many people made piano cool within the hard rock space before him? Yeah. Uh, Freddie Mercury. uh Rush.
0: Getty Lee although there was yeah. the, pur- the purists were complaining that there was you know there was too much reliance on keyboard not enough Alex Lifeson guitar but the hardcore Rush fans of which there's millions stuck by him with every album you know and loved loved the evolution uh that that band took as far as keyboards but you're right I mean it's not like Tony Iommi fl- you know started playing keys you know I mean
1: yeah, or I anyone mean, else a couple of Black Sabbath piano or non guitar songs oh,
0: changed yeah but it was- as far as a musician making a statement who's a guitar hero i mean do you remember i mean i can you know certainly it caused a lot of drama within the van halen camp you know as we know from reading the different books and from what i think greg alluded to as well where i mean you know he wanted he wanted to uh have keyboards on a van van halen record like for that it was you know a little flourishes and stuff before 1984 on diver down and 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 then just i mean you remember that just blew everyone away in 84
1: for sure and then you take a song like right now and that just shows you what a virtuoso that he was on the piano as well that is not an easy song to play so you got a guy who's a master on the guitar master on the piano there's rumors that he could play the drums better than Alex I don't know if that's true there's rumors that he could really just do anything he wanted to do except maybe sing yeah I'm surprised if he could sing and he just well, he
0: he he helped out on background vocals. He, he there was a mic, you know. I mean, when they were doing the full bug and stuff like that, and Happy Trails. I mean, he he's on there. I mean, and he did play d- drums, but you know, Alex started on guitar and he started on drums, and then they switched. So, um, yeah, the guy was a virtuoso, and, and that's the other thing too. I mean, he was a great songwriter. I mean, you know, for to still have those kind of hooks, whether you're with Dave and Sammy or Sammy. I mean, you know, Dreams is undeniable. That song's incredible. You know.
1: Yeah. For sure. And it's one of those kinds of things. Also, I'm saying this as a musician, where if you take a step outside of these songs that you've heard hundreds or thousands of times before, he's not really playing chords. He's not playing bar chords with very few exceptions. So he's playing connected riffs throughout songs that are entirely original. You know, there's no player like Eddie Van Halen before him, and I just don't think that there's going to be anyone who plays guitar like him after him. There's been imitators, but, you know, it's it's not Eddie. It's it's Diet Eddie at best.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I'll, I'll say, I mean, he influ- I'll stand by it again. He influenced more. I mean, I've been reading this for decades now. I mean, it's how many guitar players first heard eruption and immediately tried that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i found a great quote by vivian campbell he said you know after hearing the first uh uh the first van halen record and um uh he said he said the goalposts had just been just been moved i stayed up all all that night trying to learn from eddie he said many many decades later and i'm still learning from eddie i mean that's it's that it's it's bum- the whole thing just bums me out.
1: <laughs> if so, if you're going to use the unfair term hair metal and all that, and but think of that genre. I think that Rat is an amazing band without Eddie. There's no Warren D. Martini. No. Di- Another standout band. There's no George Lynch without Eddie. Um, Randy Rhodes uh, is concurrent, was concurrent, you could say, but Eddie did come before Randy Rhodes.
0: Yeah. I mean, and from, yeah and certainly randy knew who he was and and if i you know they were you know a lot of those guys i mean george lynch came up with with eddie i mean they were you know around the same they're around the same age and kind of that same circuit but it was like there was everybody just followed and came and and uh you know really followed in the in the in the Trail that he blazed. I mean, as far as hard rock, I mean, everybody tried tapping after that. Everybody tried a variation. Everybody, you know, try to, you know, uh, a hundred notes. Uh, uh, yeah. But nobody, nobody, nobody did even close. Nobody did even close to that. And that's not slagging those other guitar players because you know what? I love Warren D. Martini. I love so yeah. much of that stuff. But they just—you knew what they were going after, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so,
1: so it'll be interesting to see if. The the only positive thing that I can possibly say to all this besides that this is bringing a lot of people talking about the importance of Eddie Van Halen is – Sometimes the passing of people leads their estate to put out some interesting things that the people did not want out while they were alive, such as if you know if you look at Jerry Lewis, that movie, the the day what's that Jerry Lewis movie that wasn't allowed to come out until after he passed? Oh,
0: right, right. It was it was like a Nazi movie or something, right? The it was some
1: clown cried or something. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Like Prince stuff has come out since then. You as a Minneapolis person, uh, you have more tons no of print stuff that, what but... was
0: just what was just released uh last week um that was a graffiti bridge i can't even remember now it Was uh no under a cherry i can't but it was just a re-release of a prince album last week i should remember but it's escaping my brain right now but yeah that's the thing i mean because we always have heard how much stuff is in the vaults yet there's not a lot of recorded output given the fact that they were doing it for 40 years i mean there really isn't when you think of it. I mean, cause for a better part of about 20 years, they didn't, they didn't do a lot. So, yeah.
1: And I can't imagine that Eddie is in the studio with a producer and the producer goes, ah, do it again, Eddie. You, you didn't get it that time. Well, <laughs> take. We,
0: well, we know that from Ted's, you know, Greg's book on Ted Templeman and, yeah. and Van Halen rising. I was reading something today where I think it was, um, uh, Was it? They were talking about "I'm the one," and he just bam, straight to tape, nailed that one take. You know, and that was it. I mean, he was he was that good, and that band was that good. I mean, you know, they were so well rehearsed. Yes, for all the partying and everything, there was a discipline there that those guys uh, those guys and they were part second to none, as we know from reading Van Halen <laughs> rising and Noel Monk's book, but there was a discipline there. I mean, uh, you know, they were road warriors, man. They worked their asses off those first 10 years and, and they were amazingly well rehearsed. There was no fuck ups on stage. I mean, you know, nobody was falling off a stage and, and throwing up in the, in a bucket sideways and, and the set being, you know, cut short. Um, uh, right. yeah just i'm 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 running out of words here my friend
1: <laughs> i so what i'm getting at is they're not a band that had hidden session players because they couldn't cut it and they're Never. not a band that would have been doing 18 takes on everything
0: oh no, no so, i mean and and temple i mean templeman cut them basically live in the studio and why were they able to do that because of eddie
1: so they had to have been doing something else in the studio. They had to have been tracking other songs or demoing songs. Uh, if Prince could have every room in his house automatically recorded at every hour of the day, Eddie had to have had something like that.
0: I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, that's what we don't know. That There's supposedly a lot in the vault. But I remember reading, maybe it was in Sammy's book or somewhere else, it's like, that he was kind of poo-pooing the idea that there's tons of unreleased music there. It's like there's riffs, there's fragments, there's jams, there's, you know, there might be a lot of hours on tape, but a lot of them are just, you know, not whole fully, there's 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 not, I won't venture to guess, there's not a lot of rare B-sides out there, uh, or, I mean, unreleased stuff that are fully realized songs. I mean, every what as far as full song, I bet you that's pretty rare. And, you know, we know Wolfie mined the vaults a bit to, to you know, they mine the vaults a bit to to come up with a good portion of uh, a different kind of truth. And, um, but man, I'd be happy to hear, uh, I'll be happy to hear 20 minutes, uh, 10 minutes or whatever, two minutes of some instrumental noodling that never went anywhere,
1: you know? This is a totally random thing, but I'm sure we talked about the story about Fred Durst having a jam session with Eddie Van Halen and maybe 05. yes five. There is no chance Fred Durst didn't record that.
0: If he was allowed to. What did he do? With a phone in his pocket or something? I mean, who the hell knows? So,
1: Fred Durst yeah. is a film guy. I I think that we are going to see some stuff come out of the woodwork, bootlegged, and to keep checking YouTube. Because I w- I'll listen to Eddie Van Halen jam. I'll listen to him do 12-bar blues all day long. Uh, he He was just that great that mundane stuff for other people he would have reinvented it yeah sure we're gonna see more cameos in the in the last six months they they unleashed that simon and garfunkel live performance from 93 um that michael winslow jam from nam from was that like 87 89 that came out yeah
0: maybe i mean
1: Uh, remember stuff that they had
0: i i don't think I would be shocked if there was a lot of stuff from any of the sessions of those, of the first six Warner Brothers records, because they cut those things fast. They had three weeks off between, you know, the road. They would write, you know, they had these songs and they they hit it and quit it, you know. So I don't think there's, you know, uh, we cut 30 songs and there's 10, so- you know, 10 made the album. That's not the case.
1: Soundboards, live videos. We do see some good stuff from Largo, which is in Maryland, that arena. My friend told me, It's either that or the Capitol Center that every show was recorded since the early 80s on a TV.
0: That Largo in Maryland, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I have a feeling we're going to start seeing some stuff unofficially. And if we do, hey, we really do need some old, good vintage Van Halen to come out. And now would be the time that that happens. Yeah.
0: Well, as this we before we get out of here, I was thinking, I mean, you know, there's that tribute from Dave... Ordinarily, pretty silent. I mean, I doubt we'll see any him do any interviews about this or anything. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it seems like that's uh, that's about it. You know, uh, uh, for at least for a minute. I mean, you know, seven words here. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and um, uh, and tasteful and respectful. And, and I, I mean, what else? I'm sure he's. In, I'm sure he's shocked and bummed. And well, maybe not shocked. He knew he was very sick but uh well maybe you are yeah maybe not that shocked but bummed and and uh you know i mean you know i'd love to read more about that inner the interpersonal relationships they have because i don't think you spend that much time together and reform and go through all that shit if you completely hate each other i mean there's there was a mutual respect there to say the least and
1: um
0: you know while i would while I don't think, I think you're kidding yourself if you think that they were like, you know, these brothers in arms, they had this, you know, I mean, they never really hung out, uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, they were woodshedding all the time together after those first couple out. I mean, you know, this is a band, too, when those first six albums, they toured so much, they spent they spent more time than, you know, they did with anybody else, right? I mean, these guys were all joined, joined at the hip, and sure, we the DLR cast, but like we always say, I mean, you know, our fans are not fanboys, and we know... Dave will probably, you know, drive you fucking crazy after, a, you know, so and Lord knows it's been well documented. He drove Eddie crazy, you know, so um, yeah. and but, also also probably vice versa. I mean, you know, I think they just had different visions uh, of, of possibly getting to the getting to great results. But somehow they were able to, you know, there was a, there was an alchemy alchemy there that just that that worked unlike anything we've seen before.
1: Well said right there. And that leads me to thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another book from Dave in the next oh, two years. I hope so. Do you remember him saying that one of the reasons he had to do Vegas and the kiss tour and all that was because it became up to him to preserve the Van Helen legacy.
0: Well, he's been saying that for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of still wave that flag, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like that. I mean, some might call him an opportunist, but you know what? Um, uh, No, you know what? As long as there's somebody still waving that flag, I want it to be someone from the band, you know? Absolutely. If there's to be anyone. And, and you know, next, it's going to be interesting, too, to see um, uh, in the years ahead, I would bet you the person who ends up really being the Guardian, that legacy is Wolfie.
1: I think you're right about that. He might be the unifying force to it all, because he clearly can get along with his uncle he seems to be able to get along with dave uh michael anthony gets along with everybody in the world except alex van halen now it seems
0: i had well maybe this will be the i'm not sure of the story behind that but maybe this will be the unifier i mean um yeah just it's it's uh god we could talk another hour about all this
1: stuff <laughs> I, I just hope that it gave some I, I just hope the people involved with all this in all seriousness had some closure with it all. I hope that Dave and Eddie patched up their stuff and that it's obviously we're never going to get the full story because that's how David Lee Roth has always operated and also how Eddie operated. Interesting. You mm-hmm. had two parties and neither of them were a blabbermouth. Sammy comes along and he tells everything.
0: Yeah, Well, that's, you know, that's what like we talked about a couple episodes. I would have loved to really know the deep behind the scenes stuff about how that the reunion that nobody ever thought uh, was ever going to happen. Right. And I sooner would have expected them to try one more time with Sammy than they ever would have gotten back with Dave. And yet they had a good, you know, 10 year run or so. Right. I mean, uh, you know, almost 10 years. I mean, when was the last tour of the. 2015 i mean now i had been saying for a couple of years that that was the last we are going to see them health or not i just think that had ran, run its course there wasn't going to be another album as much as i would have loved to hope there wasn't gonna be another it to- wasn't gonna be another tour i mean i think maybe they just got to the point where uh this uh, if we're going to do anything else it might be uh you know probably be without dave and obviously that's never going to happen with anybody
1: yeah but i'm just trying to be optimistic on this this whole thing and say that there is a chance the vaults might open. There is a chance that we're going to see more people telling some great stories that we never heard before. I think um, I interviewed Mark Weiss, the famous photographer, last week. And he right. told me he had plans to do a Van Halen coffee table book of unreleased stuff. And I don't think he's the only guy who has unreleased stuff. Yeah. So. If there's an much yeah. of all this, we might see more Van Halen stuff. Uh, crowdsourced fashion.
0: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, thank you. Thank you. Interwebs. That stuff will get out there one way or another. So yeah.
1: Nothing so there but, you, as Dave says, what's that? Nothing, but yeah,
0: exactly. So, well, on that note, sad day, sad episode, fun talking to you about it, nevertheless, and speculating and, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? What else can you say? I mean, it really, it's really saddened.
1: What you're going to do is listen to some classic Van Halen and one day at a time, you know?
0: There you go. So on that note, let's get out of here. and We'll crank Van Halen and be doing another episode real soon.
1: Amen. Thanks for your time, Steve. <laughs>
0: Don't thank me, man. Thank you. (laughs) Likewise. And thanks for downloading and streaming. We certainly appreciate it and leaving reviews. And uh, we've been having fun and hope you all out there have been enjoying it too.
1: Thanks, guys. Peace out.